Hey everyone, welcome to Recruiters Live Lounge where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. And my guest in the Live Lounge today is Karina Shields. Now Karina is the director and co-founder of Concur Recruitment based in Coventry in the UK. Karina has worked her way through the ranks of recruitment, starting her career aged just 17. Um, she started as a receptionist, she moved up to a resourcer, a recruiter, an account manager, and then managing multiple branches before setting up her own agency all within seven years. I mean, that is phenomenal in terms of that career trajectory. Um, Karina feels that one of her biggest achievements in that time was winning a million pound account. I'm gonna say that once more, a million pound account during her role as an account manager in her previous firm. She quickly followed that up by setting up Concur Recruitment with her business partner, completely self-funded, aged just 21, okay? Karina is well known by her friends and colleagues and people that know her in the recruitment industry for her grit and determination. If you know Karina, you'll know exactly what I'm speaking about, um, which I think has gone a long way to helping her achieve her mission for Concur, which is to become a household name and the biggest recruiter in the UK for industrial engineering and IT recruitment. Karina, I hope I've got all that right. How's it going? Real, thanks. Hi, Roy. Hey. Um, yeah, so obviously Concur Recruitment, uh, we're majorly, majorly busy at the moment um, with the IT industrial um, and engineering market at the moment. So yeah, really, really good. Hey, listen, I'm, we're really pleased to have you on board as well. Um, Karina, you happy to get started? Yes. All right, listen, yeah. let's, let's get started. Um, Karina, in the Recruiters Live Lounge, you know we always love to kick off with our guests' favourite success quote. What's yours and how do you apply it to your own business day to day? Probably a really cliche one at the moment that's all over LinkedIn. Um, but whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right, Henry Ford. So true. Um, and for me, it basically means the power of self-confidence. Um, so... If you think you can do it, you can do it. If you think you can't, you can't. It's really as simple as that. Um, and I think it, for me, means that if I make a decision, and it might not necessarily be the right decision at that time, if I believe in that decision and go with it with conviction um, and go at it 100 miles an hour, it, it's the right decision because I believe I can. Um, and, yeah, it just, to me, it shows the power of, of self-confidence, the power of mindset, um, and I think with my day-to-day -day life, job, obviously running the business and stuff, um, yeah, I can. And it's, just, it's literally as simple as that. I believe I can, so I can. And, and that's the self-confidence I think you need uh, I, in your day-to-day -day life. I, do you know, I love that quote. And, and despite you saying it's cliche, the, the thing about cliches is that they're good, you know, and yeah. the reason they're cliches is that they are good. They are good yeah. And I totally agree with that. I think a lot of people defeat themselves before they've even got started by that negative self-speak saying, oh, you know, I can't do that. I, can't. Uh, I, I hear people all the time saying, oh, I can't make sales calls or, you know, I can't manage people. And the moment you start telling yourself that, it becomes wow. true. You yeah, know? you disable yourself instantly just through, just through, yeah, sabotaging, sabotaging your own mind. It's like, it's like, oh, 
own hate talk, isn't it, to a certain extent, as extreme as that sounds, if you think you can't, you can't. Yeah. But it's the people that think they can that will. Absolutely um, right. And yeah, for me, I can and I will um, in, in, in everything. And I think everybody, the only, obviously, another cliche thing to say, but the only limits you have are ones that you set yourself. Yeah. No, absolutely. Listen, I, I, I love that quote, Karina. Um, Karina, look, we know that behind every successful uh, recruitment leader, there's generally been some adversity or some major challenge that they've faced. What, what would you describe as your biggest failure that you've had personally in your recruitment career? Um, I think, I don't know if anyone's ever said this before yet, um, but I don't think I've ever had just yet any massive failures um and i think that's not to say that i'm perfect or that i'm brilliant and i've got it all right i haven't but i think because i'm so early on yeah if i'm honest um obviously i had a job at my previous employer and i went straight from there to open concur so in theory i've only had one recruitment job in in terms of how my experience lies right so I haven't had any major sort of failure um, and I'm not saying that's not going to come because I think with when I read all these successful people in the industry, successful people in life, they normally come from a huge failure and that's where the success comes from. They sure. fail, they, you know, they persist to try. Um, so I haven't had any major, major failures yet and no doubt next time we speak or five years from now, you'll start being able to say, I'll never believe what's happened. I, I sincerely hope not, Karina, but, only because I, I hate no. to put that on you. But um, you know what, it, it, it's that thing, isn't it, that um, things will always, and I, I think this is probably more testament to your personality, yeah. I, I wouldn't describe them as failures, but of course, every single day since you've started Concur, there's probably been things that have challenged you, you yeah. know? Um, and, and from the start, I think probably two big challenges that I did face. Um, one was my career started in engineering recruitment. So right. for me, um, I would go down to engineering sites and it would be like, uh, again, another cliche thing to say, but oh, she's just down here. She doesn't know anything about engineering. She's a woman, you know, she's got a skirt on. Um, she's just here to win the business and smile. Right. Um, and it wasn't, I know every machine on your shop floor and I'll tell you exactly how it works and who you need to work it. And then, and at the end of the meeting, they'd be like, Oh my God, you know, everything about our shop floor and this and that you, you can talk the talk. So I think that was a big, um, challenge. I wouldn't say it was a failure, but it was a challenge. And yeah. then secondly, probably the biggest challenge I've had is it being a woman and age, my age, when, when I set up at 21 to go into, accountants to to start writing a business plan and for people to take me seriously in the industry as a business owner of a recruitment agency at 21 was huge yeah it was a huge challenge because i think subjectively i think recruitment owner i think potentially middle-aged man i know yeah. that sounds really opinionated but i think middle-aged man who's maybe doing 15 20 years recruitment first and then has, has spiraled out into you know into his own sort of agency but for me 21 years old very naive you know straight into the industry probably yeah the market I worked in and, and the age the age thing even now it still happens now I yeah. go out on visits um with members of the team and the, you know if I go out with some of the older guys in the office yeah. um that work for us the first thing the client thinks is that potentially I'm resourcing reception right. assistant I never get that 
I suppose respect. respect do they do start. they talk to your colleague? Uh, you know, instead of talking Completely. with you every time, every right. time. So engineering shop floors are normally the worst for it. So we'll go out to a shop floor, um, and I'll be there for support. And they'll talk. They'll talk to my colleague as if they're the superior person. To right. And it, you know, for me, I, that doesn't it does not bother me at all. But it's definitely a challenge. Karina, there'll, there'll be a lot of people listening to this interview or watching the interview um, that as you said you know recruitment business owners i think traditionally were always thought of as you know middle-aged and 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 males um but there are a lot and you know that the industry's changed and and changed rapidly and so there are a lot more you know sort of younger business owners and and a lot more recruitment leaders that are young men and women Mm -hmm. what advice would you give them with regards to that because that you know it's you face that in your in 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 starting up concur Mm -hmm. but you have dealt with it and you continue to deal with it but what advice would you give that for those you know younger people starting and, and and facing that kind of um i don't know prejudice yeah um Probably the biggest thing, um, it knocks into something else I was going to mention, but it, it, let it motivate you because when I used to go down and, you know, the first few meetings I went to, I felt really deflated and I don't know if I can say this, but one time I had a client say, um, have you brought her as a bit of skirt? Oh. And for me, I was like, and at that time in that visit i was equally i was equally as superior as my my colleague yeah. um, we both went down to to sell and that was obviously old school engineering shop floor that was the attitude of of that owner yeah um and the thing was i could tell you every machine that was on that shop floor every member of staff what exactly they were doing to what level so i i know what i'm talking about do you yeah. know and and i'm i'm confident in that and i think when you do come up against that it, for me, it, it was it was a point to prove. Right. And it's like I suppose it's it's an aspect of being stubborn. Yeah. But don't take it personally. Take it on the chin. Okay. You think I'm not old enough. You think I'm not wise enough. You think I'm not knowledge enough. I'll show you I am. Yeah. And I'll I'll come and I'll I'll talk. You know I'll talk a conversation or a language that you didn't necessarily think that I could talk. And it probably gets me a little bit like irate here, but that's what it did. It just makes me. It gives me that aggression, that kind of motivation, that drive. Um, so like, okay, if that's what you think I am, well, okay, I'll, I will prove you wrong. And in that situation, I went back, I found, you know, the four best engineers in the market and mm. I'll present them to you. And that's, that's what, that's to show you, I do know what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. not, I'm not this subjective opinion that you've got of me or, okay, I might be 21 years old, but you know, two and a half years in now we, you know, we're on route to being multi-million pound business. We've got, you know, various members of staff, um, all from the person that you know didn't necessarily think they knew anything about the industry and was 21 years old and I just use it it kind of just it's like a fuel if I'm honest it's like it's like putting fuel in me and it just really prompts me to think yeah okay and if I don't know or I'm not necessarily as wise upon that I'll, I'll learn yeah well I think just don't let it motivate you don't let it demotivate you take it in your stride and let it make you better it's really interesting to hear that because um, you know in the live lounge we've had uh, several young entrepreneurs that have said exactly the same it kind of they they actually see their their youth um as a a, a massive uh positive you know they say look i'm young but actually because i'm young i've got more energy yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know i'll i'll do this standing on my head and some 
and it really spurs them on to uh, I'm thinking about Jack Parsons you know yeah he's brilliant yeah really good interview um look Karina thank you for that and I, I think just your answer there will be really inspiring to um to many of the people that to list that listen to this uh this series and say oh you know what I'm too young or I'm, I'm male working in a female environment or I'm female Either working way. in a male orientated industry uh, I didn't go to the right school I, you know I live on the wrong side of the tracks I think your story kind of just typifies that actually you know what it doesn't matter yeah. it really doesn't matter you happen to wear a skirt but it actually doesn't define you no definitely not you know that my age what I wear what you know where I'm from whatever it may be that doesn't make any difference I'm equally you know, as good as, as the next person, as the next yeah. recruiter, as the next business owner. So, I, I, yeah, listen, I, I, you know, from a personal point of view, this is really good because, um, you know, you know, and, and, and many of the viewers and, and, and listeners will know something of my background that, you know, I was brought up in a place called Brixton in South London. Yeah. And um, it was really interesting because I remember going for job interviews very early on, you know, even 15, 16, going for Saturday jobs. And the moment that I had to put in my address, yeah. um, you know, there would be That's some discrimination, yeah. you know, That's real, they'd be going, oh, you're from Brixton. Um, and it's really interesting because from that age, from 15, 16, in fact, even before that, I had that real grit and determination that you talk about, and I know you have, which was, um, I deserve to be here. You know, I, I kind of felt I deserve to be able to speak to whoever I want, um, uh, whenever I wanted, wherever I wanted, I, I had as, as much right as anybody else to to be here Either. to do this, you know. Um, and I, I, I put a lot of my success down to that. Definitely, that and great I think determination. To echo kind of what you've just said, um, this obviously I from your previous seminars, know where you're from and stuff like that. And exactly the same, exactly the same as me. I'm from an area you wouldn't necessarily know. Coventry's a little bit smaller than London, um, just a little bit. But yeah, I'm from an area called Hillfield. So for anybody that, that lives in Coventry, will know what it is. But sure. it's it's the Brixton of Coventry. Right. Um, and exactly the same thing. It's it's very local to our um, city centre. Uh, Hillfields is, um, and the the. I have a basically I have a CV1 postcode, which basically um, is that area. Right. So I used to put on my CV, my my address, I'd put Coventry um, CV1 City Centre and I'd leave it at that. <laughs> and the amount of times people would be like, oh, okay, what's the rest of your postcode? Or, you know, I'd be filling stuff out and I'd just put CV1 City Centre because <laughs> with with the, with the word Brixton comes a certain thing and yeah. so did the, so did Hill, so exactly the same as Hillfield. Yeah. Still now, people think, oh, you're from that area you're a certain type of person. And yeah. I think that as well, growing up in that area, that level of poverty, that's another drive, you yeah. know, probably the same for you, Roy, very proud of where I'm from. Um, and still to this day, you know, yeah. my mom still lives there, would never leave. Um, but it's coming from that type of condition, um, an area and that type of upbringing sure. that makes you want to do better. I, I love it. I'll never forget where I'm from, but I don't plan to stay there forever. No. <laughs> and I think, same. Yeah. Same. And I think money or any type of education or any advice can never give you that drive. Yeah. The drive, the drive that probably you and me have coming from not the best of areas. Yeah. You can't. You can't teach. You can't put a price on. You. You have to grow up in those those areas those conditions, those 
Um, don't get me wrong, I make it sound really negative. I had the best childhood ever. Um, but yeah, we, we grew up in a, in a very, very uh, poor part of Coventry. Um, and then for me, it was like, I will do better than where I'm from. Um, I will, you know, I'll do better. I'll, and I'll, I want to get, I want to be better than this. You know, I love this, but I want to be better. I'm very proud of it, but I want to, you know, I don't want to stay here forever. Brilliant. And then I think that was my motivation from the very start for my whole, my whole career. Um, where it came from, really. Brilliant, Karina. Listen, thank you. Again, really inspiring. Really, really inspiring. Um, Karina, look, you worked for seven years in recruitment. Was that right before? Well, um, a previous employer. So I basically left school, um, 16, didn't do very well. Um, went and did a 12-month apprenticeship, um, a basic business consultancy company, um, that was just basically like basic administration. Um, and at the end of the 12 months, I kind of said to myself, um, I don't know what I want to do just yet. I'm 17 years old. Um, I don't really know what I want to do just yet. So I said to myself, what I'm going to do while I figure out what I want to do, um, I'll leave here. I'll go and get some part-time work at an agency and kind of, kind of figure, figure it out right. at 17 years old. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, so walked in, um, to a couple of recruitment agencies. One of them said, yeah, we've got a receptionist job. If you want to take this, um, just on a sort of a, you know, a six month probationary period. But in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this gives me enough time to work out six months from now. I'm going to know what I want to do. Right. Um, started as a receptionist. Um, within about three weeks, I had the recruitment buzz. I was like, I'm not going anywhere. This is me. <laughs> like, this is me. Um, so yeah, 17 years old, was front desk reception. So got everything that came in, you know, from really qualified engineers through to industrial sort of workers. Um, right. And I just absolutely loved it. Um, and it just, for me, there was, I'd never felt a buzz like that before. Yeah. Um, so six months in, I got promoted. Uh, I got the role of resourcer um, and then kind of spiraled from there, account manager recruitment. And then I was overseeing um, two branches. Brilliant. Um, Coventry and Birmingham. But yeah, for me, um, it was probably when I walked in at that point, three weeks in that I realised, but I was at my previous employer for four and a half years. Right. So started at 17, uh, left at 21. Like I said, I'd been there four and a half years. Um, had worked from reception all the way through to overseeing two branches. Amazing. Um, and then from then, so yeah, re I suppose when I set up, I only had four and a half years in the industry. Do you know, Karina, what was the eureka moment for you? I, I know sort of, as you said, receptionist for six months and you were bitten, but when you were doing the recruiting job itself, at what point did you go, do you know what, I've actually got this. I, I know exactly how this works. What was that point for you? Um... Probably, I suppose, when I when I won um, the million pound account, uh, for me it was probably like that was probably the first time that it kind of went, yeah, I've got this. Yeah, like <laughs> it's achievable. Something that always seemed, you know, a million pounds a hell of a lot of money, and it's a big figure to hear for anybody. Yeah. Um, and I think what a point of that. I remember the day that the client rang in and said, "Yeah, we're going to go with you. We're going to we're going to sign." And I was like. Do I cry? Do I not cry? Do I run around the office? Do I go for a drink? What do I do? I've walked around the circle about 11 times. Um, I think probably at that specific point, it, for me, it was like, this, it's not easy, but I can do it. Um, Good. And it, yeah, it's probably, probably that sense of achievement that, that made me realise, yeah, it's not, it's not 
it, it's, it's doable. Was it was it hard to win that that account? Because that's you know it's a big. I don't know um, how that compared to the rest of your colleagues in there, where the million pound accounts were it was the biggest account they've had as a business. Wow. Ever. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of willing to do. I had to be willing to do whatever okay. it, it needed to be. So whether it be be down on site every morning at seven a.m. and be there again at six o'clock at night to do the night shift check-in, um, it wasn't easy. But for me, I loved it so much. I loved the company so much. I loved my job so much. I loved the company that I work for so much that it did. It never seemed like a chore. It never seemed like a job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it was probably about six months worth of work and just just being smart really with yeah. with little things like pin picking out the other agency's staff one by one you know getting to build relationships with with not necessarily just the decision maker but everybody that worked there and it right. was a huge organization um and yet looking back now um i'll, I'll do it all over again but it it wasn't probably at the time i didn't see it as, as much hard work as as what it probably was right um, just because I loved it and it was great and it was what I wanted to do um but yeah if I think about my staff now putting that much resources into something it, it's, a, it's a big job definitely it's, a big investment. But it, it's something that the person the girl from Hillfields that you know came and came with no GCSEs didn't know what she wants to do and then won her first million pound account for me it was like yeah I've got this I love that story <laughs> I love that story um Karina, what do you do consistently on a daily basis, you know, your habits, if you like, okay. that set you up for success every day? What do you do? Um, I think I think Dee's going to really like this because Dee does part of this herself as well. Um, but so first thing every day, I'll get up first thing in the morning. Um, I make my hot lemon on Richard Branson's recommendation. Dee does this too. Um, but yeah, Richard, you probably see it flying around LinkedIn. Richard Branson's the first thing you should do in the morning is wake up, make a hot lemon. So not make, not saying that makes me successful, but anyway. Um, and then one task that I think is very, very, very influential to kind of where I am, where I'm going, um, is I will sit for 30 minutes every morning before I've even got off brush my teeth or anything, first thing I do is I sit for 30 minutes and write a list of all the things um, that I'm grateful for. Wow. Um, so that may be my business, my staff, my family members, my friends, my car, whatever it is, I write down all the things that I'm grateful for and all the reasons why I'm grateful for them. Yeah. So it kind of gets me into a frame of mind of like gratitude, I suppose. So it's like being grateful. Um, so I do that for half an hour every morning and it just, it just sets me up in a, in a perfect frame of mind. Yeah. Um, and then for 15 minutes after that, I sit and I write down all the things um, that I'm grateful for that I haven't got yet. So I'll say I'm grateful for X amount of turnover. Um, I'm grateful for, you know, having done this experience, having this, whatever it may be, material, not material, mindset. Um, and I write all the things that I'm grateful for that I haven't received. So I feel like for me, that sets me up in a frame of mind to receive it. So as if I've mentally already had it, I suppose it's an aspect of just visualization, really. Um, it, it, and it sounds really basic um, and probably a little bit strange to some people, but I visualize what the business will look like, what my life's going to look like. Um, and like, I mentally prep, basically, for what's to come. And I've got this journal that if anybody got their hands on it, I'd probably go to prison. Um, <laughs> but... If I look back through everything that I've ever been grateful for previously that I didn't have at that time, generally I've got it now. 
Um, And obviously I've got a load of things now that I haven't necessarily got yet, but I will get them. Um, And it might sound, you know, I haven't said anything really glamorous, like I do 18 hour days and people don't. But for me, that's what makes me different from probably a lot of people that I'm I'm mentally, I'm, I'm ready for the success. I'm mentally there before I even had it really. Karina, listen, it's a massive, massive um, knowledge bomb just there. I, I, you know, I coach, uh, I've got a private coaching group called Two Five Tribe and effectively, you know, it's the, it's the two to 5% of the recruitment business leaders on the planet that want to, you know, be the most successful and are prepared to invest. And it's interesting because um, it's exactly what we talk about in that group. Um, You know, Tony Robbins is a, is, is a great, uh, teacher and, and proponent of that exact um, system that you talked about. And I think Tony Robbins talks about that, um, you know, we can always find time to feel sorry for ourselves and focus in on the things that we don't have. But actually, if you kick off, if you kick off with um, what you're grateful for, um, it, it actually fills your body, it fills your, your, your whole yeah. person with not enough space for any of that negativity to get in, you know? Um, It sets you up for the day. Absolutely. And you can be grateful for, you know, as you said, grateful for what you have, grateful for the business, grateful for the people that are in your life. I I often do it and I'm grateful for, you know, some of the books that I've read or some of my mentors that I've worked with and and my family members. So you're absolutely right. It sets you up for such a brilliant, uh, brilliant thing. The other thing is when I've studied the most successful people in our industry and beyond, like sports people and mm-hmm. um, you know success in, in all walks of life, one of the biggest um, uh, c- common clues that they all do is something that you described, which is the journaling, is, is writing down um, what they want to focus in on. And, they, and you know again, what they'll say is that by writing it down, by physically engaging, um, subconsciously you move towards those goals yeah. you know it might just be by small increments but the moment you focus so in on powerful. something yeah you, you you move towards it so uh, listen I love that as you said it, it may sound simple it may not sound as glamorous as 18 hour days but yeah. actually it, it what I what I know is that it's it's very very um, effective um, now, Karina, what do you describe? I'll probably answer this question for you, but I'm not going to. What, what do you see as your biggest strength, and then conversely, your your greatest weakness as a as a as an entrepreneur, as a leader? Um, my biggest strength, I'd say, is probably frame of mind and mindset, my determination. Um, for me, I think everything begins with mindset, um, and everybody that knows me knows that I'm like that with my books the strange things I do in the morning, meditating, whatever it may be. I'm, I'm very mindset extreme. Good. And for me, I think you could be the best salesperson in the world. You could be the best athlete in the world. You could have the best skills. You could be the best footballer in the world. If your mindset's not right, it will not work. Yeah. And I'm, I live and die by that. It's, yeah. And so for me, my, probably my biggest strength is my determination, my drive, uh, my mindset. Um, but yeah, nothing, there's no external condition that can, I try to say that no external condition will ever affect my mindset because I'm so driven driven, Good. Um, and so focused that, yeah, that's definitely got to be my biggest strength. I think I think being biggest strength, but it, it's probably the best strength to have. Yeah. Not blow my own trumpet there. 
but everything kind of if you've got the right mindset everything else knocks on after that yeah like everything else just flows you don't really have to be bad you don't really have to be good at much else if you've got the right mindset yeah um and weakness um is probably patience <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You, apparently, <laughs> so people tell me. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, for me, I want it. I want it now. I want. And something that I've had to learn um, is that with business, certain things you have to bide your time. You have to let things grow. Um, and for, I'm always. I want it. I want it now. Let's do it now. Don't worry about the cost. Don't worry about this. Just let's just do it. Do it now. I want yeah. it now. Um, and I'm constantly itching to do more or, and I suppose what I've probably heard 10,000 times is don't run before you can walk type thing and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I have that much patience. <laughs> Karina, yeah. can I also ask you, because I, 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 what I find with people like you that are, are so personally driven, um, that are grafters, mm -hmm. is that often um, it's really hard uh, as a leader, mm -hmm. when you've got people, you know, whether they're family members or whether they're employees or friends that haven't got that same drive um, or aren't prepared to work as hard to achieve their goals. Do you, do, would you find yeah. that about yourself or? Um, in, in terms of, what was that, sorry? Do, yeah, just, I, I supposed because you are so driven. What do I think of? Of, yeah, people oh. around you, you know, whether it's colleagues, whether it's friends or family that aren't quite as driven. Are you, are you patient with those people? Um, I didn't used to be. <laughs> I think <laughs> I've probably had to learn um, through some potential broken friendships or crossed words that right. not everybody has the same vision. Not everybody has the same goal. Um, it is hard. It, do you know what I find really hard? Listening to people complain about something. That only they can change yeah and i'll sit there and i'm like Ooh. like it drives <laughs> me insane um but i think you kind of just have to to a certain extent um turn a blind eye to it because yeah. you can give someone from previous experiences so much knowledge so much of your time but if they're not ready for it and they don't want it it's a waste of time Absolutely. It completely is. Yeah. um and yeah i've lost my patience various times with people that aren't as driven as me because I can't I I think I was failing to understand why why are yeah. you not as driven as me why are you not you know you say you want this wolf on wall street lifestyle but okay get up with me tomorrow morning at 6am and do a check-in yeah. and do that for the next two years oh that's what I've got to do to be successful no thanks I don't want success well don't moan about your situation then if you're not you know if you're not prepared to only you can change it and if you're not prepared to put in the hours you're not prepared you know I think so much like the way that recruitment's going and the way like things like social media, like LinkedIn, everybody wants that Jordan Balfour lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. Let's get on a train tomorrow at half past four in the morning to get to London for half five to be at a seminar for seven. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to. <clears throat> ah, okay. You're not ready for success. And it is frustrating, but I think the more I've, I think I've come across it that many times that now you just kind of, it's like, well, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Karina, I'm going to send to you um, an absolutely brilliant video clip by a guy called the Hip Hop Preacher. All right. So uh, if you don't know him, I know you're going to love this video. I've heard of him. Yeah. But... So he talks a lot about somebody who uh, w wanted success and, and, you know, found his mentor. And uh, the mentor says, right, if you want that success, 
join me, as you said, join me at five o'clock or six o'clock tomorrow morning down by the beach. And this video kind of talks about the story of this guy who wanted success so bad, but wasn't prepared to pay the price. So um, I, I think you'll enjoy that. I'll, I'll post a, 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 a sort of a, a link to it below your show notes, but I'll also send it to you. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, look, thanks for sharing that with us, Karina. Um, look, I'm going to ask you, um, it's interesting for me actually because you've grown up in recruitment you started off as you say as a receptionist and you worked your way up through the business and ultimately now you run your recruitment business and I know you're you, you know as we speak you're growing that business every single day mm -hmm. but I'm really interested in that perspective because you know in the time that you've been in recruitment you've seen massive change Definitely. how do you see it developing say over the next five years um, I think we'll only get busier as a market. We're only going to go up from here. Uh, we're worth 28 billion now, I believe. Um, I think so, as an industry, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're, we're worth. Um, and from, from, I started in 2009, um, and for me, it's just got busier and busier and, and more and more out of control. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that I've probably seen now um, as, a, as a business owner, um, when a good recruiter comes onto the market, it's like everyone's scrapping for for a bit of meat. It's and I think the market's getting busier. You know, the, the industries at the moment, the engineering market um, is worth over a trillion pound. Wow. Um, yeah, so it, it's insane. Um, and they all seem to, you know, the likes of Jaguar Land Rover, etc. They're all getting busy. And I think a lot of you know marketing's a huge market now. That I think you know, social, uh, social media, digital marketing, I can, I can name about five or six industries that I even just from my exposure over the last couple of years just seem to be getting busier and busier and busier. Yeah. Um, so I think the market for me, yeah, it's a no brainer. It's just going to be five years from now, it's going to be insane. Um, but I hope that the talent in the market follows suit. Um, right. and that we do, you know, we, the recruitment consultants, um, do keep up, um, and we'd get as much new talent in terms of um, fresh, you know, fresh salespeople into the market as well. And I think I think the market's getting younger, and I know it's like they might, I might just be saying that because of me. Um, but when you know when we started, even versus now, some of the people that come out and sell to us that aren't necessarily in recruitment, but even just you know uh, job boards or uh, payroll providers or software. The people that come out and sell seem to be getting younger as well, um, and I love that. Yeah. You know, and th there's more ladies. Um, there's, there's, you know, so yeah. I think I think the market's getting is getting bigger. It's getting younger. It's getting fresher. Um, and I think a lot of obviously a lot of the market as well um, with recruitment is going. You know, like digital digital marketing, uh, social media, that type of thing. So I think hopefully the talent stays up in terms of there's more as enough salespeople coming through, but whether the need for salespeople will be replaced with online marketing and, and getting business through uh, digital marketing. I, I know some businesses that get all their business, they don't have any salespeople, which, you know, whether whether recruitment will go that way, I don't really know. But yeah, I think definitely we're, we're only on the up. So yeah, anybody joining now or in the market now, it's only, it's only a good place to be. And this is a brilliant answer. I, I'm 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 so pleased that you've now announced to the industry that that engineering is is worth a trillion pounds, 
we're going to find all all of your competitors sorry not competitors but yeah. all recruiters out there yeah, now thinking I'll come and do now and be like is it <laughs> like so we'll keep so. We'll, we'll keep that really quiet Karina we won't tell a soul I promise you <laughs> um Karina listen we've reached that time in the live lounge where we want to move into the lightning round so I've got to ask you this question Karina are you ready for the lightning round ready excellent bring it on um Karina, what's the number one thing that you see holding other recruiters back from becoming more successful? Uh, probably a little bit of like what, what we touched on um, earlier. You you want success, great. You, you you live in London, everybody drives a supercar, lives in a, a, a plush apartment. He potentially does 85 hour weeks. Um, he probably doesn't necessarily see much of his family. You know, he gets up every day at 4.30 a.m. to go to the gym and work a very long day. Mm. Um, potentially just gratitude, you know, in the morning for 45 minutes. And then when they come in from, from work, um, like I do myself, I don't switch the telly on. Um, I'll go and read a book about how I can personally be better. You know, you know, Robin Sharma, the, the greatness guide. How can I be better? And yeah. Are you willing to read for an hour and a half every night um, when you've had a long day rather than just flick the telly on and watch all the trashy TV that's on. You know, are you willing to live like that? 95% of people will probably say no, you know, yeah. and they'll say, I want, you know, I want that supercar. I want, I want that Ferrari. I want that Lamborghini. I want that yacht. Okay. Are you ready to do 18 hour days? And then when you've got in from an 18 hour day, you need to sit and read for an hour and a half about how you can make the next day better. Are you yeah. going to do that? Are you going to meet me at the train station at five o'clock? You know, are you going to do, are you prepared to do on-site check-ins at 6am? Are you prepared to do night shift check-ins at 8pm? No, you're not. And I think that's, that's what, you know, social media perceives quite a, I suppose, fake lifestyle mm. or a, a plush lifestyle that a lot of people want or, or have. You don't necessarily see all the ground hours or the grind or the hustle or, you know, I think, to be, you need to be willing to do all the things that you don't necessarily want to do. Yeah. To be, to be more successful. What is it that's out of your comfort zone that you don't want to do? That's what you need to do to be successful. And consistently, brilliant. Thank yeah. you. Great answer. Um, Karina, what's the best piece of business or recruitment advice you've ever received? Um, my well, obviously Steve, my business partner, his um wife probably gave me the best um advice that i ever had and i, I remember very vividly it was our our opening so we launched concur um and we had it was, i suppose it was like a little memo book and everybody wrote their wow wishes in there about you know good luck for the future and we've obviously we still got it to this day right i remember she um steve's wife comes from recruitment herself and um she wrote in there the best piece of, piece of advice i'll ever give you um is don't take it personally and at the time i was a bit like mm, what's okay I don't and it really now managing staff I see the detriment that taking things personally yeah. has on people's careers yeah. and I, it's, it's shocking you know if a, if a candidate doesn't turn up or a client rings up kicking off or whatever you know it goes wrong don't take it personally take it on the chin move on what can I do better next time you know we work in a very tough industry recruitment's a very tough industry um you need to be able to handle rejection all day long you need to be able to put in 200 sales calls and not get a single bite yeah. hopefully you will but you need to be prepared to do that and i think don't don't take it personally just take it on the chin and move on and i think when i started managing people and people would take things personally 
you know, their attitude was different, their, their frame of mind was different, they, they didn't have that winning attitude, and then it just knocks on, and it knocks on. And before you know it, they've spent four weeks, you know, potentially haven't had a single sale, because you took that one thing that the client said or the, the one candidate, what they said four weeks ago, you took it personally. Yeah. You, you can't. Don't take it personally. Just take it on the chin. You know, where can I do better? How can I be better? How can I do it differently next time? That's all I need to know. You know, learn, lesson learned. You know, situation dealt with. Just move, move on. Back. Don't take it personally. And I think that for me, you know, when I was very early in my career, things you know, I'd go out to a meeting, a client would say something really, you know, you know, or they'd talk to my business partner or they'd talk to my colleague and they wouldn't, they'd look past me because, you know, I'm not an engineer or, you know, I'm a young female. And I'd come back and I'd have a heavy heart yeah. and I'd be like, well, that's disappointing. So what? Yeah. Just move on. You know, how can you be better? Okay. I, I'm going to make sure I'm as well knowledge as I can be so that, you know, I, I can talk the talk or I can, you know, I know what I'm talking about, but just, just don't take it personally. What can I learn from it and, and how can I be better next time? Let it go. Lesson learned. Brilliant advice and thank you. And thanks to uh, to Mrs. C for that uh, for that advice. We'll give her some credit as well. Yeah. Karina, um, uh, what's something that you see working brilliantly in your business right now? It could be, I don't know, a piece of software or a hack or an app on your phone, something that you're using. Um, okay, probably it's, it's actually it's your technique that we do, um, but we, we breathe uh, we breathe and bounce twice a day, uh, which I took from your seminar, which works brilliantly. Uh, we do a 10 a.m. Uh, we call it hydrate, breathe and bounce. So Good. Hydrate, so you make sure you're fully hydrated. We all come in a group huddle um, in the middle. Um, if you go on our Instagram, you'll actually see live videos. So I'm not just I'm not just blagging in here. <laughs> Um, there's loads of videos um, and we go in a circle we take five really really deep breaths and we just bounce on our toes and basically that's what we do twice a day 10 a.m um, and 3 30 and if there's temps or clients in the office you'll see from the videos they get involved and it works fabulously so all credit to you there Roy oh listen I am really really pleased so what do you guys call that hydrate breathe and, breathe bounce. and bounce yeah so for any business owners or team managers or if you're a manager get your team doing it twice a day it gets them you know it brings us all together it helps us realign it helps us refocus it the energy you get is like a bottle of lucasade from a breath which <laughs> is crazy um yeah so 10 a.m because i think it's a it's a it's enough time after breakfast and before lunch yeah. and then again in the afternoon because if you, if you you know if, you, if you're making 50 sales calls and it can it can be like I'm demotivated, you know, I've lost energy. I've been sat in this chair for two and a half hours. Get up, hydrate, breathe and bounce, back yeah. at it. And it is it's fabulous. Love it. I'm really, so, yeah, really pleased. Yeah, your seminar. So, hey, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm really pleased that you guys are doing it. Because that's the thing. It's one thing, you know, teaching or, or, or hearing about a great idea. And it's a completely different thing. It is that, again, it's that two to five percent of people that will take that idea and then consistently commit to it. So the fact that you guys do that twice a day, I'm really, really impressed. Um, Karina, listen, I know that you love to read. It's like you've said earlier on in the interview. Um, what's the best uh, either business or inspirational book that you've read, say, in the last six months? Um, the one that Dee sent me. So the Robin Sharma Greatness Guide. Um, I just love that book. I absolutely love it. I've read it 
three times now. Wow. Um, and I'm now reading um, another one of his books, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Oh, which... the first one. That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that book for me, um, I'm very, I love my self-help, my self-improvement books. I'm obsessed. Like my Kindle is just welded to my face at all times. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. Literally, some people had their phones stuck to their hand. Me and my Kindle, it just, it's just there constantly. Um, but in that, he, he talks, I think what the biggest thing that I learned from that is some of the things, not necessarily self-doubt, but some of the concerns that I, that I had necessarily, you know, is it right to feel like this? Is it right to have these thoughts? You know, or I think what one specific thing that I learned from it was that I always kind of feel like I want more. I want more. Um, you know, am I greedy? You know, will this, you know, will this eventually get the better of me? And in that he talks about, you know, a journey up a mountain um, and he gets to the top and he says, you know, he sees the view, he appreciates it the whole way along, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean you need to stop there. You know, you can keep going. And I think it, that for me said, you know, no, it's the right frame of mind to have. Cause I think sometimes you can feel bad about, you know, like not necessarily that it's not enough, but am I doing well enough? Yeah. You know, do I want too much? And especially my patients being so little. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he talks about, how he does his uh, daily life. He does um, he does a lot of gratitude visualization. Um, he talks about you know the importance of goal writing, the importance of writing things down. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it reaffirmed a lot of stuff that I was already doing that was right. But I also got quite like a handful of techniques um, that I took that I then put into you know little things, even like things like a dream board, uh, having a dream board visual every morning. Um, and all that type of stuff so yeah that for me um but then he also he integrates it into his business as well yeah so it's enough about business as well as it is about personal frame of mind so yeah that's a definite he's I, really i love him and I'm, so thank you for d for the recommendation as well that's two credits you've given to d parker i'm, I'm gonna have to have a word with it but that is a brilliant book you're absolutely right and and um robin sharma is is one of my personal favorites i love the greatness guide and and prior to that, I, I absolutely adored the monk who sold his yeah. Ferrari. Um, and Robin Sharma, I think, does loads of um, just really short video clips, yeah. like inspirational clips. So, yeah. you know, people that are, are listening. And all, I think they're all free. Yeah. So if you go on his website, it's all free. Just exactly. A and, you know, you can be midday or just before bed in the morning. You watch that and you're pumped. It's like, right, OK, let's do this. After yeah. just a three-minute clip, it's brilliant. Do you know what, Karina? It's something you mentioned um, just earlier on in that answer about your um, Kindle. My Kindle again is 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 full of, you know, the most inspirational books that I found. Some good, some not so good. Yeah. But um, it's there. And, and one tip that I've given to a couple of owners in my network recently is. Look, we we are definitely those people that are driven. So we'll continuously invest in our own learning. Yeah. But as an owner, one of the things that you can do is buy um, instead of having business books, uh, you know, as a training library internally. Because when I've done yeah. that in the past, people take the books, they don't return them, and yeah. you know, and, and that kind of loses it. Is is maybe buying a few office Kindles that are linked yeah. to your one account. So all the books that you buy can actually be shared on multiple yeah. devices um and then people in your office could maybe you know if they're there, if they're interested they talk in their yeah. um uh, appraisals and reviews about yeah i really want to do this i really want to do this give them the kindle give them access to the same kind of inspiration that yeah, okay. uh, that we as owners have um okay listen I, f question for you 
if you woke up tomorrow morning, Karina, mm -hmm. um, armed with all the knowledge that you have, all the experience that you've got, but your recruitment business wasn't there, what would you do? What would you do? How would you start all over again? Um, I would do exactly the same thing all over again. I don't know if that's a really obvious answer, no. um, but yeah, probably make a couple of smarter decisions if I've got the knowledge I have now. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily do anything differently, but I probably um, think the biggest thing that I, I probably learned very early on was I had the attitude I'm very good at recruitment. Right. I've done very well. So that means I'll do very well um, setting up my own recruitment agency. No. <laughs> Couldn't be further from wrong. Um, it, being a business owner and being a recruiter is two completely different things, Amen. two different mindsets, two different frame of mind. You know, even really going from being a recruiter to being a manager was yeah. like, whoa, this is, you know, like, I'm a selfish salesperson. I want the sale. What do you mean I've got to let my team answer the phone to my client? No, you give me the phone. Um, so I think that frame of mind would have been nice to have yeah. back then because, um, yeah, I think when I when we started, it was a shock. I was like, oh, I was very good at recruitment. I'm not so. I'm not as good at this. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what a budget is. I don't know how to write a financial. What is a business plan? You know all those things that a business owner has to do steve does um <laughs> sorry steve um but yeah all of that sort of stuff i've never had to write you know a budget or ask me for 12 temps two contractors they'll be there with you tomorrow morning sure no it doesn't work like that so i think that knowledge would have been nice to have but in terms of what i would do i'd do it all exactly the same um completely the same Good it's funny that you asked that question um me and Steve had a, a lunch the other week and I said to him, if you could go back to a week before we um, set up, so a week before we physically set up, if you could go back that far and you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? And he said he'd pick a different business partner. But <laughs> <laughs> he did it really, he did. Um, but yeah, so it's funny that you asked that question, but yeah, I'd do exactly the same thing um, all over and over again. I'd, I'd do it a hundred times over again if I had to. Great. Um, it's been this for me has been the best journey and yeah, the best thing ever. And I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. So what a brilliant brilliant answer and a great answer to uh, to end sadly end our time together, Karina in in the live lounge. Um, look, finally, before we kind of say goodbye, is there a final piece of advice that you'd give to our listeners and our viewers, and then? Also, how would people get in touch with you after after this interview? Um, so in terms of advice, probably just a reiteration of, you know, mindset, being willing to do um, whatever it is that needs to be done. If you don't want to do it, you need to do it type thing um, in order to be successful. You know, it, it might look all pretty on the outside, but it's, it's a lot of grind and hustle. And if, if you're prepared to do it, then you'll get, you know, you'll kind of get where you need to be. Um, and yeah, it, mindset for me is the biggest thing. Read, 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 and read some more. That's for me the only with 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 no education, you know, no GCSEs. I think I've you know I've done relatively okay. Um, and I think when I was at school, it was very much about how you know uh, IQ, how intelligent are you? Can you go to university? No. But in terms of my frame of mind, I think I've got a very good you know, state of mind, very good attitude. Um, so for anybody kind of up and coming, um, yeah, work on your frame of mind, That get your frame of mind right, the rest 
will, will kind of come with time. Good. Um, and just be willing, just be willing to put the work in and enjoy it. Be happy. Um, I suppose. Yeah. And just, just be motivated. You know, setbacks they'll come, they'll go. Just, just keep going. Great um, and obviously you need to get on our Instagram to see our hydrate, breathe and bounce. I feel like that needs to be your, your next task. Um, so our Instagram is just concur recruitment and that you'll see all our craziness, our hydrate, breathe and bounce, um, on there, obviously our website, www.concurrentrecruitment.co.uk. Uh, obviously I'm on LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff. Um, so everybody's free to contact me with any questions or comments about today's interview, which would be nice to hear. That's Probably great. someone saying that the, the engineering industry isn't worth one trillion. I'm sure someone's going to say that, but <laughs> I welcome that. <laughs> um, you'd always get you'd always get somebody doing it. They would say, "Oh no, it's not one. It's one point two or something." It's I like think, I think it is one point one. All right, okay. Somebody, I want someone to challenge me on that. <laughs> um, Karina, listen, thank you so much for um, for joining us today in the live lounge. I've really enjoyed it. It's like, you know, we've met before and we've spoken yeah. before, but actually I, I learned a lot about you just in this interview. So thank you for, for, for sharing that and being so honest as well uh, in, in your responses. Um, uh, to everybody else that's out there, uh, you've been listening to Recruiters Live Lounge and today's guest, Karina Shields at Conquer Recruitment. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I really have. It's been a great chance for me to hang out with Karina. Um, but more importantly, th just the inspiration behind her story. Um, I think a lot of people will, uh, including myself in the past, um, convince ourselves of why we can't do something. I I'm guilty of, you know, sort of perfectionism. And if, if it can't be perfect, let's not do it. Well, you know what? something putting something out there was it something imperfect is better than not done all right and and Karina for me is living breathing proof of that it's somebody who you know what let's just get it get it done grit and determination and we can kind of go back and make sure everything's perfect afterwards so um look thank you very much for everyone uh, joining us in the live lounge today to make sure that you uh, keep getting episodes like this please please support the live lounge go to recruiterslivelounge.com click to subscribe and then those episodes are sent to you directly um, or if you are watching it uh, get it on iTunes all right look up recruiterslivelounge.com subscribe to the podcast you'll get them delivered straight into your smartphone and you won't have to worry about missing another episode again until we see you again take care bye bye Thank <laughs> you.